Thank you, Braxton. Grace and peace, brothers and sisters in Christ. Very excited to be here this evening to see each and every person. Smiles on their faces as we enjoy the grace, the mercy that we receive from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, each and every day. That should get us excited, should get us fired up to want to be a, a people of God each and every day. And I'm for sure that Jesus, his greatest desire is for us to be one, to be one in harmony, in love with each other, serve one, in each other, serve one another, and all of those great one another passages in the Bible. I'm sure that our Lord Jesus Christ also desires that others also will have this opportunity for this great fellowship. Thinking about Jesus tonight, thinking about what he did in his life here on the earth and how he lived for us and how he wanted and desired so much that other people would come to him, would come to the Father so that he could glorify the Father and that they may have eternal life. I want us just to note and think about that tonight. Jesus' vision of what it means to have eternal life. As it says in this verse here, whoever believes in me, streams of living water will flow from within him. Jesus says this at the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles. He, at the beginning, he wasn't going to go, then decided to go. Halfway through it, he started teaching. And then on the very last day, the very greatest day of it, he's going to say these words. And so let's open our Bibles in John chapter 7, verse 37. And let's see what Jesus has to say and what he's wanting to say to us this evening to let us remember the great and awesome blessing that we have to have the Holy Spirit in our life, to have salvation, to have life, and have life abundantly. In chapter 7, verse 37, it says this, On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as Scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the spirit whom he had believed in him were, were later to receive. To him who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time the spirit had not been given, since Jesus had not yet been glorified. Jesus, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. What is Jesus wanting to say to us? Jesus desires to live now, us to live now and for eternity. In our lives here on this earth, he wants us to live for him. And he wants us to have that eternal life today in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He desired it for him. Look what it says on the greatest and last day of the festival. Uh, you know what I can think of it? You know, the feast of tabernacles every day getting better. Each and day getting better. People growing closer to God each and every day. And on that last and final day when everybody's together, Jesus is so fired up. Jesus says in a loud voice, and it says there in a loud voice, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Jesus desires us to live now and for eternity. But you know what? When we look in the gospel of John, he desires it over and over again. He wants people to understand the life that they can have in the Spirit and the life that they can have abundantly in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Look what he says, and you remember in John chapter 4, when he's talking to the Samaritan woman. As he's going along, and he's talking to her, and she, he says, and he talks about, if you knew who this was, I could give you living water. And she said, Lord, ooh, I want some of that water, okay? I don't want to come here each and every day. But then Jesus says this in John chapter 4, verses 13 and 14. Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, talking about regular water from the, from the post. 
But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I will give them becoming them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Imagine, what did Jesus have to offer this woman, this Samaritan woman, coming out at midday? Who everybody looked at the town and said, oh, we know what kind of woman she is. What could he offer her? Living water. And he's offering living water for people around us today. He's offering it to the, our, our friends, our family, our colleagues, wherever we are. And he wants us to go and talk to people and let them know, you know what? Jesus is offering living water. Can you imagine her day after day going there and going through all the things that happened? But on this moment and at this time, this moment, Jesus says those words to her. Now, I want us to think about it because Jesus is going to say it over and over again. Jesus is going to let people know about this living water, the Holy Spirit. He says it's our comforter. He says it's our advocate. He says it's our lawyer. He says it's all of these things that we have and that we receive. And in John chapter 7, one of the things that happened, this lady heard and knew and understood who Jesus was. She would go and talk to the other people of the village. And look what happens here in John chapter 4, verse 39 through 42. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him. Because of the woman's testimony, he told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with him. And he stayed two days. And because of his words, many people became believers. They said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this man really is the Savior of the world. Amen. I want us to note something about here. The woman said, he told me everything I ever did did. Can you think of the things that you've done wrong? Things that you're ashamed of? You know what? Jesus knows every single one of those things that I have done, that you have done. But yet, he wanted to offer a fount of flowing water, flowing river, he wanted to offer life. Amen. Can I want us to think about that? The depth of his love for each and every one of us. Jesus says, all of those things that you've done, I'm offering you living water. I'm offering you a fountain that will never grow dry. Something that we can thirst for each and every day. As we talk about it, the Beatitudes, hunger and thirst for righteousness. We have that opportunity to hunger for his word, to thirst for righteousness, to do the things of God because of his spirit that he's given us. And just like that Samaritan woman, he told me everything I did. Woo. You've had five husbands and the one you're with is not your husband right now. But I'm going to offer you living water. What have you done? What have I done? If Jesus was to talk to me and start to say the things that I've done, I don't think I'd feel so good. But I do know one thing. He was willing to offer life to this woman. He was willing to offer life to those Pharisees, those Sadducees, and all the Jews who were there at this festival. Jesus saw and seized the opportunity, and he said, Man, oh man, come to me and throw your drink. As the scripture said, rivers of living water will flow within them. You will live. In John chapter 10, verse 10, what does Jesus say? I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. 
Amen. Jesus wants us to live now as we know that we have eternity in our hearts, in our souls, in our mind, in our strength. He wants us to live now in so such a way in our, in our times in, in that we live now that we can say, I have life abundant in my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. How is it that Paul could say he could have joy in all things, joy in suffering? How does that happen? Only living an abundant life, allowing the Spirit to guide our lives, having the Spirit in our lives to give us to give us strength, to give us strength in our prayers. When we don't know what to pray, says the Spirit intercedes for us. And that's a great and awesome, great blessing that we have in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But whoever it is, wherever you are in your day-to-day, if you ever hear anybody talking about anybody, well, you know such and such, they've done this, 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 this. You know what you can tell that person that's saying that to you? Well, we need to offer that person living water. They need something different, don't they? If they're that bad as you're saying, you need to be the one offering them living water. Whoa. What a great and awesome task to think of. Offer living water. Offering eternity. But not only that does Jesus say here. Look what he goes on to say here in John chapter 7 as we're reading here along on verse 40. Okay? And it says here, Jesus' words are challenging us to reflect. John chapter 7, verse 40 says this. On hearing his words, some of the people said, Surely this man is the prophet. Others said, He is the Messiah. Still others asked, How can the Messiah come from Galilee? Does the scripture say that the Messiah, doesn't the scripture say that the Messiah will come from David's descendants and from Bethlehem, the town where David lived? Thus the people were divided because of Jesus. Some wanted to seize him, but no one laid a hand on him. What can we notice and start to notice here? Jesus' words challenges us to reflect. Look what it says here. It says there, on hearing his words, some of the people said, some of the people said, he's a prophet. He's the Messiah. Some people reacted, whoa, I want to think about what he's saying. Others began to give excuses, right? Well, he can't be the one. He can't, surely he's not the one that, that, that we've been waiting for, you know? And people will either believe or not, but Jesus gives the opportunity for all. But what I want us to think here, whatever the circumstance, it challenged all the people to believe or not to believe in the words that he was saying. And it challenges us also today to reflect, to think about the words of Jesus that challenge us today. Now, I want us to think about it. Now, they... For some reason, didn't know that Jesus had been born in Bethlehem. Probably why? It was a long time ago. It was a census that was done. Okay? Like Tim said, hey, they just didn't know. Maybe God hidden it from them. We don't know. But one thing we know for sure, they didn't know that he had been born in Bethlehem. But even their own words are going to testify to our Lord and Savior because he was born in Bethlehem. Amen. When we think about this time of year, when we think about uh, the birth of Jesus, and we can think of about this time of year and all year long, but they were thinking, what is going on? And just to think about it, it's kind of like Tim, you know? Okay, Tim, I'm not going to say anything bad about you. Tim, like he said, citizenship, said, hey, I'm a Texan. He talked about the time when he was in Mexico, and they went around the bus you know, are you a U.S. citizen? Are you a U.S. citizen? When they got around to the king, they asked, where were you born? Okay. Then they went around and said, where were you born? And Tim said, yes, yes, yes. 
And then what happened? He said, yes, Texas. He had forgotten he was born in where? In Germany. Okay? Okay? Somebody said, Tim, weren't you born in Germany? Oh, I forgot that fact. I didn't let them know that. Okay? But you know what? It's kind of like what's going on here with Jesus. A lot of people just didn't know that he was born in Bethlehem. But he was. And one more prophecy to show that he was the prophet, that he was the Messiah that was to come. And what we can see and what we can understand in this is that God is allowing these people to reflect on his words. Jesus is not going to force anyone, but he's inviting everyone. He wants everyone to come and to have this, uh, this water, this living water. He wants us to have it and have it in abundance. But not only this that we want to understand, but Jesus' words have authority. Jesus' words have authority. When it says this, on hearing his words, they began to think. But look what it says also here. Look what it says here in John chapter 7, when we start reading here in verse 48. Finally, the temple guards, remember, they sent the temple guards to catch him in something that he was saying. Hey, you be listening. And Bryson, the time that we got him, let's get him. You tell me what he said, and we're going to get him real good. And you arrest him. Okay? Well, here comes the temple guards back. Okay, what you got? Let's get this man now. Finally says in verse 45, finally, the temple guards went back to the chief priests and the Pharisees who asked them, why didn't you bring him in? And what did they say? No one ever spoke the way this man does, the guards replied. No one ever spoke the way this man does. Can you imagine? Listening to Jesus walking along him, hearing the Sermon on the Mount, hearing him uh, say, let all the children come unto me, showing grace, showing mercy, showing justice, talking with what we understand and we can tell as with authority. They understood that the way Jesus spoke was not just like some other person, but he spoke differently. He spoke words of life. He spoke words of justice. And we can understand that this came from Jesus from the time he was little. Look what it says when it says in Luke chapter 2, verses 46 through 47. From the time he was 12 years old, people could know the difference in the, Jesus, the way Jesus talked. It says in Luke 2, 46. After three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting around the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. There was something about the words of Jesus that were different. Then when we get on to Matthew chapter 5, verse, chapter 5, verse, chapter 6, chapter 7, what we're studying on the Sermon on the Mount, when we get to the end of the Sermon on the Mount in chapter 7, these words are said in verse 28 and 29. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. We can see over and over again, people understood it. Jesus is different. Nicodemus, who had gone to Jesus earlier, and who was one of their number, asked, does our law condemn a man without first hearing to find out what he has been doing? And they all said, are you, are you from Galilee? Look into it. You'll find that a prophet does not come out of Galilee. Why were they upset with him also, the Pharisees? Because he was going on his side. But in, earlier we can understand in John chapter 3, verse 2, Nicodemus understood something about Jesus. And many of the Pharisees began to understand but didn't want to say anything for fear of mere human appearances. But it says, when he came to Jesus at night, he said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. For no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. Jesus' words have authority. 
Amen? Jesus' words have authority in our life. Jesus came not to seek his own glory, but the glory of his Father. And when you read all of John chapter 7, he's saying, hey, the words I'm saying are not my own. If I wanted to say the words to glorify me, it's absolutely nothing. But I'm saying these words that the Father may be glorified. And he will say that over and over again in the Gospel of John, that the Father may be glorified. He cried out earlier, oh, believe in who I am. Believe who I am, he cried out. You know me and you know where I'm from. I'm not here on my own authority, but he who sent me is true. You do not know him, but I know him because I am from him and he sent me. Jesus is saying, I know the Father and I want you to have the Father also. And I want you to have the Spirit in you. So what are the three things that we can take away for us in our lives? What can we apply to us to say, hey, what does this make a difference in my life? The first one I want us to think of is, and you can go ahead and do it, Jamie, up there, is that Jesus desires for us to receive the spirit of life. Amen. When we can understand, and Jesus said, I'll send the comforter. And on Acts chapter 1, we understand that day the Holy Spirit was sent. And we understand on that day when Peter made his preaching and the other disciples, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That gift is of salvation. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 through 14 says, You were also included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. Ooh, great seal. The promised Holy Spirit, you were marked. Who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance and to the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. I'm no longer marked for death, but I'm marked for life. In the good sense, okay? <laughs> In the good sense. Marked for eternal life. May I be able to live each and every day, Lord, knowing that and remembering that. Because your words, Lord, the spirit that you've given me in my life now calls me to be different, to act different, to be different in this world. So the first thing that I want us to understand here, Jesus desires for us to receive the spirit of life. On the last day of the festival, he proclaimed it in a loud voice. To the Samaritan woman, he offered it. And to Nicodemus, he said, you must be born of water in the spirit. Isn't it funny? When Nicodemus came, Jesus didn't beat around the bush. He said, Nicodemus... You need to be born again. You need to be born of water and the Spirit. And he talks to the Samaritan woman. He gets straight to the point. I want you to have rivers of flowing water. John chapter 7, where we are, I want you to have it. Come unto me and receive the Spirit of the living water. Over and over again, Jesus desires us for to have that, to take hold of it and live it each and every day. Live each and every day knowing that of your salvation, the seal that you have in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But not only that do we have, let us reflect on how to live life through the Spirit each and every day. Galatians chapter 5 verses 22 through 24 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. Against such things there's no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit... Let us keep in step with the Spirit. Amen. We received the Spirit of God. Now we've received it, and we want to show the fruits of the Spirit in our life. We are no longer controlled by the flesh. We are controlled by the Spirit. Now, they are in a battle one for another. And in ourselves, we cannot win the battle. 
But if the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ lives in us, the Holy Spirit, we will be capacitated. Okay, okay, no, that's... Okay, I'm, I'm thinking of a word in Portuguese, capacitado, okay? Uh, we will have the opportunity, okay? Uh, that's the best way I can put it right now. We will have the opportunity. We will have the blessing to fight with the spiritual tools that God has given us. We have the full armor of God. And it says about the armor of God that we should pray in the Spirit each and every day. Pray in the Spirit for one another. The Holy Spirit that came as Jesus talks about when we're reading the Word of God. And he says later on when talking about the Spirit that would come, the things that, three things that the Holy Spirit of God would do. In John chapter 16, talking about this, he says something very interesting here. John 16, verse 7. But very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the Advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. About sin, because people do not believe in me. About righteousness, because I am going to the Father, where you can see me no longer. And about judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. The Holy Spirit convicts us of Jesus' righteousness. He's gone back to the Father. He's at the right hand of God. When we can think of that moment when it says in Acts chapter 7 when Stephen is being stoned, he looks up to heaven and he sees Jesus at the right hand of the throne of God standing up to receive into the eternal kingdom. We can see Jesus there. We can understand that the life through the spirit that we have, the spirit that he's given us, not of timidity, but of power, of self-control, of discipline, as we talked about when Paul was talking to Timothy. He says, we've had it. We have it. Let's live it, and let's be led by it each and every day. So let's be led by the Spirit of God in our lives. And above all, Jesus wants us to what? Jesus wants us to share the message. Amen? Isn't it amazing what Jesus says? We're talking about his authority on earth as it is in heaven. We talk about all that he done. And right before he goes up to heaven, the last words that he says at that moment, and he's talking to his disciples at this very moment, and he says in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, talking to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Amen. All authority. Jesus spoke with authority. He was authority because he was the son of God. He spoke the, God, God's, the Father's words to, his, to the glory of our Father. And he's going back to the Father and he's with the Father. And all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. And so what does he want you and me to do with it? What did he want his disciples to do with it? Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Listen what he says. Teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Where do we find the commands of Jesus? Where do we find the commands of our God and Father? We find it in the Word of God. Amen. We have the Word of God. We have the Spirit. We have our Father. We have Jesus in our life. Let's use all of the tools that he's given us to glorify him each and every day. To be led by the Spirit and to send the message to people all around us that there is hope. 
We're going to be singing and singing. You can go ahead and go to the next page or next slide in this moment. And we want to offer the invitation. It's an invitation. Why do we offer it? Because we desire, just as Jesus desired, that you may receive the Spirit of God, that you may receive salvation, that you may receive forgiveness of your sins, that you may have new life in Jesus Christ. And we want you to have that, especially at the end of the year when you may be thinking, man, I've done so many things, or you may be thinking in your life, I don't deserve it. Jesus is saying, I'm offering it to you. Maybe that Samaritan woman felt like that. I don't deserve it, but he offered it to me. We don't deserve it, but he offered it to each and every person that's in this room tonight. Jesus is calling. Jesus is wanting us. And if you're here tonight and you're in Christ and you're realizing, man, I'm not living the abundant life in Christ Jesus and I want to live it more and I need the prayers of this church to be led by the Spirit more each and every day, we want to pray for you. Because we believe in the power of prayer, we believe the power of prayer through His Spirit. Amen. That He can give us strength to face any challenge that's in our life, anything that comes in front of us. And we need to know that we have that avenue. We have that privilege of prayer to pray for each other. If you have any need this evening, come as we stand and sing softly and tenderly. Jesus is calling. Come home. Receive the Spirit.